Well, guys, for the first two minutes of the last show, I talked without my earphones in, so it was just complete, utter silence. This time, 12 seconds in, I've got one earphone in. So we're two minutes ahead of my last show. Welcome to 3R Sport tonight. New and improved for one week because we are two R's and an L. First of all, we all owe a happy anniversary to our brother out there in the loser land, Robbie Davis and his lovely wife, Allison. Happy anniversary and welcome, Lenny, to join us tonight. Man, you, you're just kind of like our version of a closer. Whenever we got nobody mm. to pitch, you're our guy. So You got to bring in the heavy hitter. Got <clears throat> to bring in the closer always. That's right. And join us. And, and Lenny's on the road, everybody. If you have any breakup or anything, just stay with us. Lenny will be there. Join us with a new and improved router, modem, and internet server from the land of any Darush Rodmeta. What's up tonight, Rod? It's living the dream. You forgot a tolerant when it comes to Robbie's wife, Allison. Uh, I, she must be a saint. There's no possible way. Uh, you know, Lenny sounds pretty rad. You sound tougher. I don't know if you have a cold or it's just like being in Des Moines. You sound pretty awesome. Uh, Des Moines is very scenic. Uh, I'm fired up, man. The UFC was was fun to watch. And uh, we also got our NFL win totals. So it should be a good time. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna have a UFC heavy program tonight. Uh and Lenny's a UFC guy like Roger and I are, so this is a good time to talk UFC. First of all, guys, let's just get it out front, and let's let's talk about the card in general. I thought it was a good UFC. The bottom of the card kind of was boring to me, but starting with the, Ed, uh, the Barbosa fight up, I thought it was a real entertaining UFC. How about you, Lenny? Yeah, I have to agree with that. You know, uh, looking at the card uh, coming into the fight, I was not terribly uh, interested in it outside of a couple of fights. Uh, but as the uh, card progressed, you saw a lot of good fights and a lot of good finishes and a lot of good uh, knockouts uh, that really kind of made it interesting, uh, even in the women's uh, side as well. So I was pretty, uh, pretty pleased with how it turned out overall, to be honest with you. It was one of the more exciting free cards uh, that I can remember in a good bit. So I was tickled pink with it. Yeah. <clears throat> the girls fight I thought, was one of the better fights of the night up to that point. It was probably uh, with Caitlin. I'm going to slaughter her name. Chinooka uh, getting a three rounds win. But of course the highlight for us during the night was the co-main and the main Raj, what did you get from the co-main and the main? I mean, I thought they were awesome. If, well, you actually got a straight-up knockout in the main, so a lot of people only tune in for that. Um, obviously, I'm biased. Benny Darius, my boy. Um, I was just so impressed with his well-rounded game. Um, you know, people have called him only a striker. They've called him only a, a BJJ guy. Um, he handled Tony Ferguson throughout everything Ferguson brought to him. And that's an amazing fighter who everyone respects, uh, 37 or not. I just, you know, his, he's, he's smart. 
and well-rounded. And um, I was just really impressed. Of course, I bet on him, so I was happy about that win as well. Um, yeah, like, you know, like Lenny said, it was, it was a pretty sweet card, the main card. Uh, you know, the Barboza, like, kind of woke us up after the prelims. Uh, that dude was throwing haymakers, and that was good, good times. Good night. So, Lenny, let's, let's start with the Barboza fight. Now, we had talked, I think, on text a little bit, and I'd said I liked Barboza. You seem to fall in the same camp. I think he's a comer as a fighter, but this was a great fight. But is he a great fighter, or was it just a, a okay fighter matching up in a great fight? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I've always uh, I've w- enjoyed watching his fights, uh, and he's a he's a great striker uh, and a good you know grappler as well. Um, but I think uh, you know this fight really kind of came together for him. For I can't tell you why it came together, but you know it, it kind of put all the things together for him uh and it just was kind of a i don't want to say a one-off but you know it was just an exciting fight for him and you know he's no uh this isn't his first rodeo so you know what i mean he's been around for a long time uh you know probably on the back nine of his career to be honest you know um so i, I was i was thrilled to see him win and win in that fashion hey you know and he's a guy that i think for four or five years I've waited to take the next step. Like four mm-hmm. years ago, I thought he was a future contender. I think he's 35 now. Yeah. This is a kind of a must win for him. And, uh, mm-hmm. and and it was, and he fought that way. I mean, he fought, I think he got, hey, and credit to Dana White after Tony, Tony Ferguson called him out. He raised fight bonus up, I think, another 10 grand. So now they're getting 60. He won five of the night. Did you? Did you think it was five tonight? What of you first, uh, Lenny? Uh, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I, I, I think uh, I would have gone a different direction than that with the fight of the night. Um, but I, I could see how you could easily make that decision. It was a really intriguing fight and uh, one that was fun to watch. Yeah. How about you, Raj? I thought Benny. I thought. I thought the Darius might have won fight of the night, but I'm a little. I'm a little, you know, one-sided maybe there. But did you, uh, did you get? What did you think of the fight of the night? Was those the two fights you had listed? I probably agree with fight of the night because it was fairly iconic and memorable. I mean, he smacked him in the face, and the dude stared at him like may have moved a bit, and then went down. It's like taking like three shots of tequila and then chasing it with Jaeger and then realizing what you did and then hit the floor. Uh, it's kind of a knockout that people won't forget. And uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, I was pretty sure it was going to win after seeing it. I don't think I've seen that in UFC at, at this level. Um, kind of the irony about Barboza is that, you, you know, he went to decision with Khabib. He, Got, he lost to Ferguson, and he caught Benny, Benil Dariush, with a knee early in, like, the second. Like, he just caught him with it. And yeah, Benny, I remember that. I, I mean, Benny learns. Most fighters learn, right? Easier said than done. But without that knee to the face, you know, you don't see last night, in my opinion. But, yeah, Barbosa's just a dangerous dude, you know? He's capable of everything, and 
he can probably lose to anyone, though. The other fight on that main card was a, a catchweight bout between Boterain and Snail. It was a good fight. Uh, again, it had to be a catchweight. Uh, it was my, I, I mean, honestly, I kind of caught a breath there and got a snack and came back. Uh, I didn't see the whole fight because I really got caught up in the girl fight uh, in their, in the flyweight fight. But it was, uh, it, it kind of set the tone for what happened the rest of the night. Did you, um, did you get any impressions out of that fight other than just an even matchup that one fighter was a little better than the other one? You cut out. You cut out on me. What was the, that fight again? I couldn't hear you. The, the Matt Snell fight. Yeah, the Matt Snell fight. Yeah, I like that fight. Uh, I hadn't seen him fight a whole bunch before, uh, but I thought it was uh, certainly an intriguing fight. You know, um, it's a guy that uh, is relatively, you know, they're mid-career guys. You know, around twenty fights each in the professional realm, um, and I thought it kind of showcased that these guys are coming onto the scene and what they can do. Yep, good point. Raj, did you get to see that fight, the snail fight, before the co-main? I did. I was getting amped up, uh, literally and figuratively, for the the two main card fights. But, um, yeah, you know, it was – I think Lenny said it very well. Uh, I mean, it was – you know, those guys were more skilled than I thought. It was a a very tactical fight. Obviously, it went to decision. Um, I was really impressed with – on tour and I can't, I can't pronounce his name and, and we i think most people know about schnell but uh oh yeah, I, I, that guy too uh yeah he uh yeah he impressed me i was yeah names I mean, are not my subject names and yeah. names names and dates you we need robbie you know you uh excuse the language you know you fucked up when randall corrects you uh, yeah um, so. <laughs> but it was an entertaining fight but i was in and out uh, admittedly. I'll say, uh, just uh, going back to the prelims, you know, I've been uh, watching this stuff for a long time and I've always enjoyed combat sports and BJJ uh, and uh, man, to see Jakar get his arm broken and submitted by, you know, a, a legit, you know, he's been a legit black belt forever. You know, one of the best practitioners to see his arm get broken. You know, you don't ever see that. You know, it's no like when Frank Mir got his arm broken by Big Nog, you know, or vice versa, excuse me, Big Nog got his arm broken by Frank Mir. I mean, that was truly, you know, that'd be like seeing Mike Tyson, you know, just get flatlined, you know, by his opponent. It's uh, it's pretty rare. Right. Um, so let's get on. Uh, good point. Let's get on to the, uh, the main card. The first thing that struck me is, first of all, was, it was the antithesis of these two guys entering the ring. Uh, Darus was so calm, so everything in the early, you know, getting wiped down, getting into the ring. He stood there almost stoic. Then Tony Ferguson hit the ring, and he was a Tasmanian devil. It just set a tone for who those guys are, and it also set a tone for that first round. And in that first round, I really think Benny was able to establish himself and and earn some respect from Ferguson early. And I think that was a huge momentum boost for him. Raj, what was your impression of the first round? Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, 
Tony Ferguson's a you can't mention MMA, let alone this division, without mentioning his name. He's highly entertaining to watch. Everybody loves him. You heard the crowd there. Um, you know, Benny is a hardcore Christian who helps out orphanages in Haiti and, uh, you know, brings up Marxism. You know, he, he's a man of the people. Gets his ass booed the whole time. Um, we all know who Tony Ferguson is. I can't say they underestimated Benil, but uh, you, know, you know when they went to the mat, it was it was easy ground control for Benny, um, and I think punches he had did a lot of more damage than Tony Ferguson thought. Now Tony Ferguson's pretty much superhuman. Um, most guys would have tapped in the second. I know you're about to get there to that uh, heel hook where Benny said he heard something pop, and uh, he couldn't believe that he didn't tap. Um, maybe he knew that this was it. You know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, just a more tactical fighter at this point in their career to be. Tony's a legend. He is 37. But, you know, Dariush is also 32. Lenny, chicken. Uh, yeah, Lenny, I think that summed up. What was your impressions? And did you think that there was a little bit of Tony trying to impose his will in that round one, that he wanted to kind of be a bully. And, and, and he wasn't really able to, to bully him. But that's Tony's game is be able to, to maybe bully around the cage. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Tony's a showman, uh, a showman. And, you know, he's previously in his career had the uh, fireworks to uh, back that up, you know. And uh, he's made people look bad in the ring. And, you know, he's a great striker, one of the best strikers out there by volume and really can put a hurt on people. And, um, you know, I think uh, Benny came out there and he put probably what his plan was into the perfect situation is to take a great striker to the ground and out wrestle him and out, um, you know, jujitsu him, which is exactly what he did that first round included. Um, then he completely neutralized him. Um, but, you know, like you said, he came out there and he was pretty uh, – Heck, his uh, his song intro song was you know it was kind of slow you know and then yeah. Tony's is the opposite but that's just kind of they who they seem to be as uh, personalities. So we've already broached the subject, so let's get to it. And I'm sorry if you're not a USC fan tonight. We we are pretty UFC heavy, but stay with us. You'll learn a little bit. The heel hook in the second round and they sheer. I mean agony that he was in to not submit. And, and Benny even said in the, the post-fight press conference, he heard something pop. But he also, Ferguson stung him a little bit with that up kick there at one point. I think he knew the fight was over, that he wasn't going to submit. But basically, from that point on, Ferguson was a one-legged fighter. I've never seen nobody not submit in that situation. Lenny was there a a point that, that runs to you in another fight or something? I mean, pretty well, soon, man. It's kind of like you saw with uh, Jakar in the previous fight in the prelims. You know, you got a guy who is a weathered vet and a serious practitioner of uh, jiu-jitsu and, you know, kind of maybe feeling like this is his last chance to um, make a title run if possible, and he's not going to tap, you know. Yeah. And I'm surprised uh, – that he didn't tap, and I'm surprised he was even able to 
put any weight on that leg. To be honest, I thought it was um, done after that point, you know, and that he was just going to be hobbled. But he actually had pretty decent movement on it, which surprised me. He might have had a better third round than he did round one. I would agree uh, with that. Um, but the fight at that point, Rod, Benny said in his press conference he felt like the fight was over at that point, but he had to, you know, that Ferguson was still dangerous. So that third round was 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 Benny in a little bit of, I'm going to control this fight, I'm going to do it my way, and I'm not going to let him have a chance to catch me with one. Absolutely. We talked about that Barboza fight. Um, you know, if anybody can catch you with something that'll knock you out, it's Tony Ferguson. Um, you know, keep him close. You know, in terms of takedowns, I think it was three to zero. He he, he just showed a, a very well-rounded approach, and that included defensively as well. Um, yeah, it, you can kind of see the frustration on Ferguson's face, in my opinion. And, you know, I, I hate to be NBC dramatic type thing, but, you know, maybe he saw, like, this was kind of it, right? Like, knee pop or not, I'm not tapping. You know, this will probably be one of my last big main events. I'm just going to hang in there. And true testament to him, man, all credit to him, because... Like 99% of the people in the world would have been dead. After that. Uh, no so it goes on to end of the fight, 30 to 27. Benny Darush wins. Uh, overall, last impressions, and we'll get on. We'll, we'll circle back to these two guys in a second. But overall impressions is – You know, I oh, – go, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I didn't know where to go I with think that the, anyway. I think, you know, in a way, that fight may have not been the best fight for Benny to take. You know, uh, I think maybe he should have fought someone who was better or at least higher ranked than Tony. You know, all credit due to Tony. Uh, he's been a, a force, uh, but he's definitely on the back nine. And he he's taken some beatings in the last fights, including yeah. this one, that are showing like, okay, it's probably time for you to hang up the spurs. And maybe Benny would have been better off passing and saying, hey, I would like to fight someone with a little bit more uh, gas in the tank. Uh, but either way, I think it, you know, it definitely pushes him up the ladder. Um, maybe he could have gotten up to a closer to a, a title fight faster if he had fought in another guy higher. But, you know, yeah, I think Benny's rising, obviously. And, and Tony, this may be his last fight for sure. You know, Benny tried. He, you know, he can't, he's not that guy. You know, I, I know from actually hearing it from people that know him well, you know, he's not WWE, call you out, you know, get up in your face. You know, he tried it a little bit, and you're like, really? That's, that's, that's what you got. He's just a humble dude that wants to prove it. And this was the – he has begged to get big names, you know, big names. Uh, you know, into the octagon, and, and this was the biggest he got. And now you have to take him seriously. Uh, but yeah, now you get into that uh, that top five, top four, top three range where you know those dudes are no joke. So we'll see what's up. Plus, he's having a baby in two weeks, so there's going to be some time off. You know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, to that point, uh, it was a good fight, and 
and he walks out of that fight, I think a legit my top six easily in the in the world. The next fight for the vacant lightweight championship, of course, that Khabib left. Uh, Michael Chandler, a lot of controversy with him being the pick, second USC fight against the guy that I felt like has been there for a while, and Charles of Oliveira. Yeah, and uh, I thought the first round Chandler came out, I thought we were going to see five rounds of wrestling. 90 seconds into the second round, it's over. First round, couldn't win any better for Chandler, Lenny. Could, could he have yeah. wrote it better? You know, he could have. You know, I was I was surprised to see him. He got uh he got Charles, he dinged him real hard, starched him, and Charles was he was trying to uh you know do an ankle pick or you know do some kind of leg where he could you know wrap him up. And I was surprised to see Chandler go in for that and you know engage him on the mat instead of standing back up. I didn't understand that. Yeah. He had starched him. And I, if I had been in probably in his own mind, he wishes he probably stood back up and uh, had the opportunity to do that again, you know. <clears throat> Lenny, uh, Raj, what's your impression of the fight? Exact same, man. I think he learned his lesson. Unfortunately for him, he was on the biggest stage there is and who knows how many opportunities you get. But, yeah, I mean, I at that point, you know, I think he won the first round and he – he wore out a, a very tough dude that, you know, the, the king of, of submissions of finishes of performances of the night, but true to Oliver's credit, he caught him and it was a pretty nasty yeah. left hook and Donzo, you know, and that's UFC. It, it's, it's crazy. It, it's that's UFC in a nutshell to me. So this was me and I, I got to paint this picture real fast and we'll get back. So I sit down at the first round, and I think, okay, this might be over fast, so I'm going to watch this. I watch the first round, and I think, oh, this is a war. I get up to go get pizza out of the refrigerator and come back, and the fight's over. I literally had to rewind the first 19 seconds of the second round. That was a super clean shot. It was uh, no argument. Uh, and in the post-fight uh, press conference, Chandler said he's a, a future lightweight champion. Everybody says that. So uh, the million-dollar question, is Chandler a future lightweight champion? You know, I think uh, he's certainly got uh, the energy and the momentum right behind him to do it now. Um, you know, he's going to have to take a couple strikes back and uh, go through some other guys to try that out. I, I think his kind of fighting style, you know, I'll, I'll – ignorance on this i wasn't too terribly familiar with him in strike force uh before he came over you right. know he reminds me of a very dominant striker uh and I, I can't say i've seen a lot of his other uh talents uh in the cage utilized besides that and the ufc if you have if you're lopsided one skill set it will get exposed um and I don't know, you know, we'll just have to see how it plays out. He, he looks to me like a, a Matt Sarah or a Sean Shirk back in the day, a guy who's super muscled up and can light you up, and he would love to get on top of you and kind of do that, uh, you know, like um, Tito Ortiz where he's like swinging like yeah. this instead of, you know, punching. 
Um, but I think he could definitely get you. Um, so we'll see. I really can't say one way or the other on that. So, Raj, uh, I was listening to another podcast, and a guy had a similar statement about Chandler. He goes, but he's an All-American at Missouri. And the other guy on the podcast goes, everybody's an All-American at this level. His, his wrestling is not that exceptional. His way to victory was being able to throw hands. Uh, is this? I think the Sean Shirky comparison is very spot on. Uh, what do you think of his future? And I mean, he's going to be a fun guy to watch fight. I just don't know if he's a future champ in the UFC. You know, I, I presume he'll become more well-rounded. I don't think it's a comment on Bellator versus UFC. Some people like to say that. I mean, the reality is they're pretty damn similar, if not the same. Um, the thing I would say is what Lenny said, you know, UFC is a bit more well-rounded, a bit more tactical. It's scored more tactically, if you will, uh, in my opinion. But, yeah, I mean, the future's bright for him. He's How old is he? I forgot how old he was. But, I mean, you know, he's 22 and 6. He's highly marketable. His nickname is Iron. Right, like right. I mean, everyone loves somebody to knock somebody out. Oh, he's thirty-five. Oh, shit, that kind of defeats the argument. <laughs> he's a two-time Bellator champion. He's the only guy in Bellator ever to lose it and win it. But so I, I did not he, know that. He's got some he, age on him. He certainly seems hungry. I'll give him that. You know. Uh, I think I think you're. Both, think you're both right. Now, before we get off the subject of UFC, um, I want to talk about the division overall. We still got a big fight coming up. I think it's two UFC. I think it's 264. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Poirier is currently ranked number one. This was Poirier's fight. Uh, Chandler got Poirier's spot in this fight, basically, because Poirier wants the money fight. And Good for him. Make the money. That's what it's about. So, do you – let's handicap that real fast. Is it the same fight again, or are we going to have a different Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier 3? Lenny, we'll start there with you. Uh, you know, man, I think uh, I think Conor McGregor is uh, probably more interested at this point in his life and his other – money-making ventures, whether it's his whiskey or his celebrity uh, status or, you know, his boxing stuff. I think he's not as hungry. And I think he's been exposed a little bit um, in the last couple fights of that. And I think it's Dustin again. I think he I think he was never any danger against that Connor fight. And I, I think I think he takes him handily again, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, just just happened to notice new rankings is out. Of course, Oliveros is champion now. Poirier one, Gagey two, Darush is three, Chandler four, McGregor fifth. So Benny takes a five a six spot jump in official UFC rankings. What do you think about the uh, McGregor Dar uh, Poirier fight, Rog? It's a money grab. I don't blame either fighter for doing it. I don't think Gregor, I mean, shit. The guy's theoretically, so he claims, Ireland's first billionaire athlete or maybe even billionaire overall. I don't know what 
Mr. Jameson or Mr. Guinness are up to at these points and their families. Why he fights anymore, aside from being a name, I don't know. Um, you, you know, he got handled last time. I, I agree with Lenny that I Poirier would just destroy him. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if I'm him and I sell a whiskey company, you know, I'm pretty much going to gonna hang it up and sit ringside and get my name flashed up on the big screen. So I read an article this week that says Conor McGregor, if he beats Dustin Poirier and somehow wins the UFC title, actually hurts the UFC. And, and I think there's some truth to that. And, and the point being that UFC has already seen Conor McGregor. So, Lenny, do you think the UFC is just one of those? I think, I, and I do, I agreed with it. You need fresh blood constantly in the UFC to keep it interesting. Well, I think it kind of detracts from other people's chances. You know, uh, obviously Conor's getting that spot because – or the ability to fight uh, again like that because of his name and the attention that he has garnered, where, it, where honestly it probably should go to another fighter who's hungrier and um, maybe a little bit more deserving at this point. I agree. Uh, Raj, your thoughts – identical you know it, it's name recognition only in, in my opinion he you know he hasn't been that guy for many years in my opinion and uh but we all tune in he's going to get the most amount of pay-per-view clicks and he's still a name until somebody ends him very early on which probably will happen in this next fight are either of you interested in seeing uh, mayweather mcgregor too not at all. Yeah. All right. Last question. We'll get on to some football uh, about the UFC. And I, I love hey, – I'm going to encourage you, if you've not given the UFC a chance through podcasting, I've gave it a chance. And it has become quickly one of my favorite sports. And it's just a lot of – it's not – if you've not watched UFC in quite a few years – Go get it and never look. It's not what it used to be. It's not Kimbo Slice in the backyard, like no, knocking some no. dude out. And, and I was the same way. Um, you know, obviously, it's personal connection, but it's that got me into it. And you start appreciating, you know, the, the different martial arts forms, abilities. I, I mean, we feel like we can see what's coming even though there's no delay, but it's just amazing. I mean, these guys are so skilled. It's yes. ridiculous. And, yes. and I, I just – such an appreciation for them as athletes and as humans. I mean, you have to be smart to do what the good ones do as well. It's it's uh, it's highly entertaining. It feels like it's brutal but safe. I know it's kind of a contradictory of my own words, but I don't ever feel like – they're not willing to throw the end of a fight before somebody's permanently hurt. But honestly, broken bones, broken eye sockets are part of this sport, and you have to accept it. But I also accept that in football. And fans don't look at it that way. But when I walk into Neyland Stadium, somebody's probably going to get hurt. So, Lenny, what, where are you at with UFC? I know you were a, you've been a loyal fan for a while. 
I've always enjoyed it. You know, um, I, I'll just go ahead and say there's an, um, another big fight coming up that I'm stoked about. Um, go ahead. On June 12th, uh, Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori. I think that should be really good. I mean, Marvin, I think, has pushed uh, as many fighters uh, as he can to uh, the limit. I think Israel will be uh, up against it, too. Um, but, no, you know, actually, I think UFC is relatively safe in comparison to – long-term damage, you know, it's not boxing where you're getting repeated uh, hits to the head all the time. You're getting one big one, you know, and, and you're out, but you're not taking, you know, 15, you know, 100 little shots around over the course of the 12 rounds and, hope, you know, end up permanently damaged. And you will see a broken bone um, every now and again. That's pretty rare, though, to be honest. Um, but I think it's exciting. I think it's far more interesting and compelling than any boxing. Yeah, absolutely. After paying for the Billy Joe Sanders Canal fight, it'll be a while before I'm back. That was really I, I, I didn't enjoy myself. And that was one of the better fights. Uh, also, uh, that's the return in 263. Was supposed to be in 262, but in 263 we get the return of Nate Diaz, who is a household name for this sport for some reason and has been. And I think that's interesting. That's holding my eyes. Who would you rather see the champ in the lightweight fight? The winner of McGregor, Poirier, or Justin Gagey? Considering that I Finney, like good. Good. Finney's stepping away for six months, eight months, or something. I'd so. like to see Justin uh, Gagey get a chance. Um, I, I like him as a fighter. I think he's uh, entertaining. And. Um, you know, the beating he put on Tony Ferguson is one of the worst I've ever seen. And, you know, I'd like to see him get a shot. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not sure he could beat Dustin Poirier, to be honest. He looks to be next level talented. Uh, so I think it's Dustin's uh, division right now for the moment. I, I, I tend to agree. Rog, who would you like to see fight for the title? Poirier, Gagey? Those two. I mean, I, I agree. Uh, you know, they're both very talented fighters that are more or less in the prime of their career, if you will. Um, you know, Lenny's absolutely right. That uh, fight of the night, performance of the night for uh, Gage over Ferguson, that, that was an eye-opener. That was like, wow. Um, you know, he's, he's run through the gauntlet. You know, I, I mean, they fought each other. I don't remember how long ago, but it was a good fight. You know, but they're both different fighters now. Um, that's exactly what I'd want to see. A poor age, bad dude, man. I mean, that's, you know, should have been him and, and uh, Oliver in this fight probably. We all know. But that would be a, a heck of a fight. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and I, I think I really want to see that fight too. I really want to see that fight. And I think we've got a lot of good fights coming up. And I think after the first of the year, we'll get a – we'll probably get Benny – back into the division in the loser of one of these fights. Like, he will get an eliminator bout. And if he beats, like, say, a Poirier loses or something, he might be up for a title shot. On to the next subject in the NFL. So we got a couple of different NFL subjects we're going to talk about, but let's get rid of one of the rather, rather short ones tonight. So we all are college football fans. We all have seen Clemson. We all... Probably agree that Travis Etienne 
was a special running back at Clemson. He goes to rookie minicamp, and Urban Meyer strictly practices him at wide receiver. Now, Urban, after the draft, was very vocal that he wanted to draft Kadarius Tony from Florida, who is a wide receiver to similar size as ETN. Do you buy that Urban Meyer is trying to turn Travis Etienne to a wide receiver? Or was this just a shot to say you need to improve your wide receiver skills, your catch skills? Robinson's our, our first and second down. He'll be our third down guy. What do you make of this only practice at wide receiver, Lenny? You know, I think uh, you've got a proven back who's good right now in, in Robinson, in my opinion. And, you know, I think uh, Travis will have to, you know, earn his stripes to uh, get playing time. Um, and I do think he could be dangerous coming out of the slot or backfield, kind of as a shifty little player, maybe like um, uh, I'm forgetting the guy's name out of Kansas City, uh, Tyreek Hill. Obviously, I don't think he has that kind of burning speed uh, or elusiveness, but maybe – Maybe Urban thinks he could be utilized in such a fashion that he could uh, be kind of, you know, a, a scat back that can also play uh, out of the backfield on screens and slot possessions. Uh, maybe a, a, a Kareem Hunt type back. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you have Nick Chubb as a lead back. But in, in Cleveland, I think we both would agree Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are lead backs in different situations, Rog. Is Urban trying to recreate that now with Robinson and ETN? You know, we talked about this a little bit before, Thunder and Lightning. I'll always go back to Reggie Bush and Lindale White. I know it's college football. Countless examples in the NFL. These dudes are the same size. I mean, yeah. they are basically the same skill set. Urban Meyer once called his offense a power uh, offense with a shotgun spread. Um, what that means, I don't know exactly, but it was power football with a, with a spread set and it was a, uh, shotgun to run spread. So, you, you know, I just think he's going to be maybe a little, uh, collegiate in, in, in terms of like, you know, how he's going to use Etienne and in motion and, you know, a little, uh, like gimmicky, if you will, you, you know, I don't think he wanted to draft him. They drafted him. It is what it is. But, yeah, right now he's getting headlines, and really what Jacksonville needs is people watching them. Uh, that's true. That's true. I do like – I do like um, – I do like that that statement. Bonus question. I didn't have you all prepared for this one because I just wanted to get your gut reaction. Dante Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams. In your fantasy draft was today – how would you rank them as far as where you would draft them? Harris, ETN, Williams, Williams, Harris, ETN. And we'll start with a three-time, three-time, three-time champ, Lenny. I'd probably go uh, Najee Harris, ETN, and then Williams, but that's hard to, you know, it, so much of that uh, depends on the system and what's in front of them and, and how they're going to be utilized. But I, I think just out of college, I really – man, it's hard to go wrong with Najee Harris, man. I'm just uh, 
as a Tennessee guy, I hate to say it, but he's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, you just, you just kind of at this point tip your hat to him. How about you there, Raj? You look deep in thought. That usually means you're going to come up with something cool poignant. poignant. I was just going to say I've only been in the league four years in the final three times. And one of the times, like, Lenny, I thought I won the trade and I gave him Brady and something else. And true to Lenny for me, beat me. I think you beat me by half a point in last year's playoffs. But, hey, more power to you. You've been Michael the best Bill. player over the last – but, yes, it does make me salty, obviously. Uh, to answer the question, <laughs> Najee, for sure. You know, Javante is a mean back, but, I mean, Bridgewater, Drew Locke, and he's also behind Melvin Gordon. Um, so I would definitely go Najee, Etienne, and, and then Javante. But I love the pick for Denver. Javante is a mean dude, man. Both those North Carolina running backs, those dudes were bad. So – I would agree that's the case. But like Lenny said, it depends what's in front of you and what's around you. Would it make a difference if Aaron Rodgers was in Denver? I, I, I would have to say so. So yeah, I would think so, you know. All right, guys. Well, we'll touch back to the NFL here in just a second. It looks like we're going to get all four topics in. So I want to hit on this one because we were supposed to have Brandon Chain here with us tonight too. Brendan had a family obligation. It's okay. But I want to congratulate Brendan. He had a, a hole-in-one this week, which is a huge accomplishment, something I've never done outside of a putt-putt course. But it, it got a conversation going on a side text with some of my friends, uh, and even our group text. I always played softball, and then I had my accident, and I can't really play softball or golf. Uh, a criminal... Oh, Chris, our friend Chris, is a fantastic bowler. But, he, you know, you wouldn't think of Chris as a bowler. I mean, like a plus 200 bowler. What? It's like a bowler to me. Yeah, well, he's built, <laughs> he's built like one. He was also a second baseman on my softball team, and that's more shocking than anything. Lenny, what do you do for enjoyment, and what are, what hobbies do you have in sports? And And – I'll ask the follow-up question after we get around one time. Uh, so I've done I've I've done the bowling league before. I actually uh, when I was uh, traveling for work out in uh, Virginia Beach, I unknowingly joined the bowling league, thinking it was just <laughs> going to be a social a, a social league. But it turned out to be a bunch of serious dudes who were out there, you know, and they were bowling in the in the high. High two hundreds, mid two hundreds, and I'm out there. You know, if I break a hundred and thirty, it's a great game for me. So uh, I've done that before. It's a lot of fun. You know, um, if you could get a good group of people that you're friends with and do that, I, I do that all the time. And I, I would definitely like to try the softball league. Uh, I think that'd be fun. In terms of stuff that I do, you know, uh, I do some. Um, I b before COVID got too serious, I was in uh, doing. Um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and nice. then um, I did crossfit for a while and that fish as well so that's not really I guess you call fishing a sport but uh, that's the kind of stuff I did but I'm looking to do some more social stuff uh, especially I'd love to join a softball league and um, or volleyball league either you know they got yeah. plenty of that so now that that's fine and, and another thing that's becoming real popular in this area is adult kickball leagues I mean it's like yeah. a serious sport Raj, what do you do to get your exercise? 
It's a great question. Uh, at 45 with back problems, somebody who grew up playing basketball, baseball, everything else, anything I try to do basically at the risk of injury is like 98%. Um, all of my, my good buddies from college, they're all into golf. I try. Um, you know, I'm not the worst either. We played 72 in a weekend a while back in Denver. I don't know why I'm giving you these details. I'd never played 72 in my life. And I liked it, but then I came back and like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play. I'm Literally, what else can I play that I'm the risk of injury is low and I get to drink? Um, and I do like bowling, though. But, yeah, I mean, I just don't have the love yet. And, and that's a sore subject for me right now, you know, especially, you know, I used to love to ride my bike and I'm just talking a beach cruiser. You ride your beach cruiser on the street of Chattanooga, you're going to get run over by like umpteen amount of vehicles. Um, with a Hank, Hank Jr. flag on the back of it too. Just, just yeah, a yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, man. I, yeah, seriously, dude, I am, I am duck hunt, a brown guy in a beach cruiser. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> just but no, I, I mean, golf is really the only option the way I feel. And I do enjoy it, but I don't love it. And maybe I'm putting too much pressure on myself to love it because I wish I did. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm even older than you. I'm, I'm, I'm well past the age. I played very, <laughs> very high competitive softball at one point, and I loved it. But back to the point that Lenny made, you have to uh, – you have to enjoy who you're with to play softball. Like, you have to have a group of guys that's kind of like our fantasy league, someone you want to spend time with. A follow-up, yeah. a follow-up, and, and this is comical in a way, but does fantasy sports in today's society take the place of, like, hey, we're going to go out and hit 18 or we're going to play softball? I work on my fantasy football teams every day. Like, I, I mean, a random Tuesday, I'll log in and I'll see if somebody made a trade or I'll make a trade offer. How much time do you – three-time champ, how much time do you spend on your fantasy football team? I think probably would surprise a lot of people in the league about how much I uh, look at statistics in the league and go through uh, and see <laughs> – and see – uh, you know, who's moving up and who's moving down, you know. I think, you know, to be successful in fantasy, you have to do a couple three things, a couple things. You got to have a pretty good draft. If you have a shitty draft, excuse me, a poor draft, uh, you're, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball. Uh, and then you have to be uh, very active on the waiver wire. And then you're going to have to make a couple trades, uh, at least one trade that works out in your favor. Yeah. Um, and luck, and luck, no doubt. Last year, last year I was your victim. <laughs> you got There's always gonna be a sucker somewhere. But yeah, yeah, I think you gotta look at it. You know, I, I think I'm probably spending during the course of NHL, NFL, excuse me. Um, I'd say at least two hours a week. But I don't watch a lot of uh, football. I don't watch a lot on television. Uh, but I do look at it religiously in terms of statistics uh, online. Rog. Um- I think Lenny, I do, I do that too, Lenny. I do watch, I watch the Falcons religiously because I'm a huge Falcons fan. And, but that's usually the 12 or one o'clock game or one o'clock here. 
I usually watch the four o'clock national game, whichever it is. But then the rest of my night is spent on looking at the stats from other games. If the Falcons are not on or a good game's not on, I'm on Yahoo where I can have like all eight games up watching all the stats. And even when the Falcons are playing, I have my laptop in front of me and it's like those integrated little stats where you can have all. And every time somebody runs the ball, I'm like, oh, who had that eight-yard gain? So I'm, I'm kind of with on the stat thing. But, Rog, uh, what, how about you? I, I can't micro-focus on it. It's just too much. It's fun for me to say it's a – and it is a hobby to say it's a substitute for, like, doing anything outside. Um, you know, I'm – Getting fat, but not like that fat. Like I just picture a bunch of dudes from New York. Like, uh, hey, you got a legitimate excuse, a serious accident. Um, you know, like sitting around and hey, man, I'm nachos, and that's my impression of New York guy. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just fun, and, and it's a. I try not to. You know, I used to be in like five leagues, and that, that took up a lot of time, and, and you would. You would get confused, and you have to, you know, which one am I going to do? Waiver wire first, and to this league's credit, it's been the most fun I've ever been in. Sorry, all of my boys I grew up with. Um, there's just an energy and juice to it. Um, that being said, you know, I've, I have Direct TV's Sunday ticket, which is the worst investment ever. Uh, I just watch Red Zone primarily. I, I think it's fun. You know, the age-old question is, would you pull for your fantasy team versus your own team? Uh, my team being the Raiders. I mean, at least I win money on my fantasy team. But, no, I'd still be loyal to the team that, you know, I grew up with. It's still just, you know, kind of a nerd computer game to me. But I happen to be okay at it. Because I can't really do any other sports at this point. So, Raj, what amazes me, though, and you did it last year, you, and I think you do it without even trying. You have the breakdown of, you're such a college football fan. You have the breakdown of every rookie without even making an effort. I remember during last year's draft, you, we're in the 12th round. He's going, and you're answering questions like, Stud of Oregon can run the ball. He's going to be great at that. Too. And I don't think you do any prep to do that. I think that's just your life. Was that Kenyon Barner? I think it yeah, was. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just who you are. Yeah, I'm Rain Man when it comes to useless things. Lenny, uh, you seem to be the master of trading a little bit, and I'll ask you one time. How much thought do you put into a trade? I put a lot into it. You know, I, I try to get uh, find a, a position that I'm weak in and uh, a, a position that I'm over. Uh, you did that I've last year. I've got too many guys at this, and then I try to, you know, find somebody who's the opposite of that. You know, hey, yeah. this guy needs a wide receiver, and I'm stacked at it, and he's got plenty of running backs, and um, and I think I'm going up and down on it. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, put out a tempting offer always. And, you know, of course, you got to start with your with your side being a little lopsided and then you got a counter and come back and you know, it's a delicate balance. Yeah. It took us about four weeks to complete a trade, but it was fun. I have fun doing trades. Of course. 
So um, that'll finish that part up. Let's move on to our next subject. And um, we're, we're going to stay kind of in the NFL here. And uh, we're, we're approaching, we'll probably run about another 25 minutes. Uh, and we're a little later than usual. So I want to plug it again. From now on, 3R Sports will be on. River City Media, iLogic, uh, Drafted Upside, uh, a to-be-determined streaming internet service that will be live at the internet radio station. <laughs> Signed the paperwork today <laughs> to come. Uh, also, we will be the Off the Record with Randall show will be at 7.30, uh, at least for the summer, Rod. It seems like a better fit for us, so we'll write it, write it out. Also, anyone that's interested, again, if you are on that group text and you wanted to have your own podcast, contact me. I have 24-7 open. We'll figure you out a show. So back to the NFL just for a second, guys. And I don't know if you've got your list pulled up, but Ross suggested something. And, and I thought it was great for this first time I looked at it. The NFL released its schedule. Soon later that day, Vegas were releasing, releasing win total futures. I had not looked at them until Rod sent me the link. So what we did was each one of us took our link, and we won't give all five of them at one time. But we'll go through, and maybe we repeat ourselves, maybe we don't. But let's start with the top of the list. If you had one team, if you had to – Bet your nuts on to start this competition here. Who would be your first team you chose over or under? We'll start this one with Raj. I thought about this. Um, I try to be positive. There's a few teams that like their win totals, like the <laughs> Titans. I don't see nine and a half happening, but you know, I'm surrounded by Titans fans. I don't want to be rude. Um, dude, I, I really like the Buffalo Bills at ten and a half. You know their division, I think, is overhyped. You got Mac Jones and and Tua. You know, I know the sign Kobe Brissett. Then you got the Jets, um, who traded one quarterback for the same but younger and more. You know, uh, I don't want to say prestige reserved. Um, but it, look at their schedule too. You know, I think it's a very you know they have Houston on there. Um, they're at Tennessee, at Jacksonville, the Jets, um, and that's a team with a, an awesome defense, a quarterback that is improving, some serious weapons on offense. So it's a lot of wins, and I also love Kansas City at twelve. But uh, you know, Buffalo ten and a half is is one that I really like. That one was on my list, too. I'll get to it in a minute, too. Lenny? So you, you want to go the over on this or the under? Either way, Either. it's your choice. Whatever you feel I, I, more comfortable about. I think the Ravens at 11 is a lot for the under. I don't see that happening uh, in any shape, form, or fashion. All right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going, mine's going to be heavy teams that I follow, so – don't think anything about it. My number one, the one that jumped off of me, and let me just 
follow it up by saying this one could blow up in my face. Now, this division, the NFC South, it's the NFC East, which means everybody gets to play the football team, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants. And then they get the AFC East, which I think you're right, is overrated. But you get the Dolphins and the Bills, the Patriots. But the New Orleans Saints at nine seems to me to be so overstated. I envision Jameis Winston being their starting quarterback. When I just wrote down things quickly, I had them about six and 11. So my number one is I'm going to go Saints under. So uh, now maybe we'll work back to you. Give us a couple of yours uh, and we'll save the last couple. I'll, I'll say this. I think you, on a side note, I think uh, Jameis might have a fantasy season next year. I just going to throw that out there. But uh, for me, for me, I think uh, I, I was agreeing with you on that uh, with the Saints for sure. I, I think the uh, Dolphins at nine, uh, definitely the under in that. I do not think Tua is going to make it in the NFL. Uh, call me a hater. Uh, I just do not see that happening. I think the Cardinals at eight is actually interesting. I think they might have a okay. – um, uh, come up season, maybe uh, come over that a uh, little bit of a breakout year. Uh, maybe that's just me being um, anticipating success for success for Kyler Murray. I like watching him play. He is exciting. Um, I think the Broncos are going to, they're going to be in for a bad year. Uh, I think seven and a half, uh, unless they get Rogers or, you know, whatever happens there. I think that's going to be, they, they'll be lucky to do that. Yeah, Rod, you got uh, you want to throw a few out at us, and I'll give you mine a couple more, and then say maybe one more round, and we'll call it a night. Anytime Denver is an under seven and a half, the team I loathe the most, I'm all in. Um, I said I like the Chiefs. I forgot the Pats at nine. How is this suddenly a nine-win team with Mac Jones, a couple of decent tight ends? Um, yeah, you, you know that's a lot of wins. The Jets are at six. How did the Jets win six games? I don't see that. Um, you know, I hate to say this, the Titans are at nine and a half. And you got a defense that got Bud Dupree, but overall they're they're very average, if not below average, especially in the secondary. Um, you know, and Derrick Henry is amazing. He's one of the best running backs I've ever seen. But how long can he have 800 carries a year? You know, it's, uh, you know, they got A.J. Brown. I think they lost Corey Davis. Tannehill, I mean, is anyone going to say Tannehill is going to lead you to a championship? Probably not. You know, he just won't F it up, excuse my language. But, you know, he's more of a game manager. You know, the Colts are at 10. I question that. Great offensive line, but who is Carson Wentz? Jacksonville's at six. That's a lot, too. Um, But really getting down to it. I don't like Seattle at 10. That's a tough division. Their defense sucks. Um, so how long can Russell Wilson run for his life? I, I'm going to throw one out that I'm shocked nobody's mentioned. Cleveland. Well, uh, Cleveland's on my list, but the Steelers started 11-0, and and they're at eight and a half. How is this? And they add Najee Harris. Is everybody selling out on Ben Roethlisberger at this point? 
is his career over? Or I mean, in our percept, I, I don't know if it's over, but I mean, it's certainly granted they were on a tear last year, but I don't think it. They, it's hard. It's an. I mean, it's counterintuitive, but they don't really strike fear in the hearts of people. You know, granted they were they were great last year, but I don't know. I I don't see them this year as much and i think big ben is definitely on the back nine you know um so i think he's got a couple more years and they begin that cycle anew lenny what do you think uh, eight and a half seemed low to me on the steelers i saw him at nine to be fair yeah it could be different i mean i looked at DraftKings and sent y'all a different link i think eight and a half is probably is probably fair for where they should be you know they're uh, gonna, I think, probably come off of that high note last year and fall down a little bit. It would be my anticipation. I think an interesting one is Cleveland, but and, and the 49ers at, at 10, it seems awfully high to me, but what do I know? So let's talk about Cleveland just real fast. I, I think Cleveland, if there's one team that's going to go from non-contender to Super Bowl, to, is it Cleveland? Is Cleveland the one team that could break out in 21 21- Raj, I mean, they made the playoffs last year, right? Right. You know, it's – I'm not a Baker guy. I, I don't think he's a guy that's going to take you to the next level, whatever the hell that means. Um, you know, I, I love their offense aside from him. Like Indianapolis, they've one of the best offensive lines in the, in the league. Uh, you know, I like their receivers, Higgins, Landry, ODB, uh, obviously Chubb and Hunt. They I don't know what's changed to players. make them. They got players, but what has changed from last year to this year? And, and people say Jadavion Clowney. Clowney. Uh, clown being the emphasis. Ooh, that was a lot. Just ask Titan fans, you know? Like, that dude is. He's a bum. Yeah, dude, he's a bum. He's all name. Um, you know, I, I love them getting the Notre Dame uh, linebacker. But, you know, when I look at that defense, they also got John Johnson from the Rams. Did they do enough to push them past where they were last year? I don't think so, unless we see something different from Baker, which I'm just not a fan. So I see them making the playoffs, but, you know, some people are saying championship or bust. They haven't paid their dues. You know, maybe them. I think a huge success would be to make it to the championship game, but, you know, I think this is another first-round exit. All right, I'm going to go through a couple of teams. All you give me is over or under, and we'll do – a couple of teams we haven't talked about. Y'all ready to go? We'll call this a speed round. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Dallas Cowboys at nine and a half. Under. Under. The Chargers at nine. Push. Can we say push? I was gonna say. Can we say push? Yeah, push is an option. Push is not. The Minnesota Vikings at eight and a half. Under. Over. Here's one that was on my list, and I'll get, go ahead and say I'm over. Washington football team at eight. Over. I actually like them over, too. Yeah. What was yours, Rod? That defense is stout. Over. It is. All right. The Raiders. At seven and a half. I don't care what you said under. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go push. How about you, Lenny, at seven and a half? I'm going to go push, actually. I'm going to go push, too. 
How the hell All do you right. push on seven and a half games? Because we don't want to take it either way. Oh, I mean, I'm, they get it. They get a tie. Like I don't, you can't yeah. push it seven and a half. That's why John they put Gruden. a half. You got to say seven or eight. John Gruden will find a tie for us. Uh, no, seriously, I would go under. Would be my number. Um, here's the one that surprised me: the Bears at seven. Because I kept hearing talk, there's our quarterback away from a Super Bowl team. Yeah. That's not a that's I'm, not a team that's a quarterback away. I'm going under. Under. Andy Dalton is he supposed to lead Justin Fields to the promised land? Uh, no. All right. And I'll go ahead. I'm going over, and they make the playoffs. The Atlanta Falcons at seven. I like over on that, to be honest. What makes you think they'd be the over based upon improvement from last year, aside from Kyle Pitts and Julio Jones possibly being healthy? A fourth finish. I, I just look at Atlanta, and I always see so many pieces. I just can't help, but how, how can they not put it together better? Uh, they're getting Arthur Blank, not Arthur Blank, uh, what's his face? Uh, Arthur no, Smith. Cute, yeah. yeah, Arthur Smith. I think they maybe put together some more – uh, you know, pizzazz down there and maybe turn a new leaf. Uh, I'm going under. More. I'm two going more. under in Atlanta. Two more directly from the last year's biggest trade. The Detroit Lions at five. I'll take the over, bro. Yeah, you I know, that seems low. You got Ragnow and a, a Pro Bowl offensive lineman. You know, they've improved. They haven't gotten any worse, per se. They're not in the toughest division in the world. Yeah, five is – I mean, that's the same as the ten. Yeah, it's – Over all day. I'm going over. All right. And then I think one of the more interesting and one of the teams that we really didn't talk about. So let's take a – this is, to me, one of the teams that has a very short window, but they should win. Matthew Stafford with the Rams – I think it's at 10 and a half. Uh, it's a tough division, but if the Rams are ever going to get it done, it's this year. Don't you agree? I agree with that in theory. I love Stafford. I think he is an underrated quarterback. I think he got abused in Detroit, um, and I like the pieces they have in the Rams. Uh, I'm not seeing it come together for him this year. Uh, they always seem to – be in games where it's 45, 37, uh, 54, 45. Um, I, I don't see it happening, but I, I like the team. Well, that goes directly to your Cardinals pick. Seems like you put a little more and the Cardinals are going to take a step up in that vision than Stafford and the Rams are going to reestablish themselves. And then there's the wild card. Can, can, can Wilson do it by himself another year? So, um, Roger, what, what's your win total on the Rams? It's tough. Uh, you know, their line is not the best in the world. You have to have a line to keep Stafford alive. But, you know, Higby, they paid their dues, number one. Their running backs, Akers and Henderson Jr., you, you know, that they've been in the fire. I'm a firm believer in, in people getting experience and paying their dues. Um, you know, I love Cup, Robert Woods, former Trojan, Van Jefferson, Sean Jefferson's kid, 
defensively, I think they were the number one defense in the NFL at the end of the year last year. Uh, you definitely probably, have the best corner in the league and the best uh, defense interior lineman in the league. Uh, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Uh, Leonard Floyd still killing people. You know, it comes down to schedule, and you look at schedule. I, you know, the Niners are a big wild card because Trey Lance and a, a very good team. But, you know, they play the Bears. I'm looking at their schedule now. Obviously, Seattle, they got the Giants, Detroit, Houston, the Titans, Jacksonville, Minnesota. You know, this team would easily win 11 games. Uh, and, and that's kind of where I got to. Is it? Is it kind of crazy to say – Everybody in the West could end up with a winning record and be like three and three or four and two in their division. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. That division seems None really good. Projected win totals below 500, which I'm yeah. not sure how that actually works out, uh, but I'm not going to question things. Yeah. Well, uh, and we'll start wrapping up. Now we've got our final thoughts. And of course, you're bet your nuts. And of course, we don't. Hello to everybody. Uh, Omar is sending you some greetings, Raj. Uh, he said that has a very expensive face. I don't know what that means, but let's go with that. Uh, one, one of the things that I heard right before we got on the air is how the NBA, uh, we care for very little NBA, but this intrigued me. Seven, eight, nine, and ten are playing a kind of a play-in situation, and this goes directly to what's going to be my bet, my nuts pick. Here in a little bit. Hey, Loretta Spavi, how are you tonight? Um, so it's going to go. But what do y'all think of the Lakers playing a one and done with the Golden State? It kind of starts feeling a little like college basketball. Roger, I'll let you go first. I'll let uh, Roger's suffering over there with that one. If, if you want me to go first, this is a team coming off championship that with Andre Drummond and Dennis Schroeder has maybe played two games together, all of them, you, you know, to, to get a one game against arguably the best shooter in the history of the game. Yeah. And I think we all see Steph going off for like 80. Um, I mean, the Lakers, you, you know, the other thing too is, and I'm not making excuses, last year was pretty gnarly in terms of the bubble. They were just going after each other. You know, there wasn't much defense. There was no time off. They were stuck in that area. The Lakers had like less than three months off, and they're old. Um, that's not good. You know, their two best players have been hurt. Now you got to have a playing game, let alone like whatever may come after that. You know, I, part of me, they lose to Steph and the Warriors, even though I know a lot of Warriors fans and they're all jerks. Um, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. I just don't see them winning it all this year. So, but, but the I, the beauty the beauty of it, even if they lose to Steph and the Warriors, they get to play again to get in the playoffs. So seven and eight plays. Seven and eight winner goes to the seven seed. The eight seed will then play the winner of the nine ten seed to get the eight oh, seed. Sorry, so we're not they, used to these playing games, you know. I know it's ridiculous. It's kind of crazy. Um, so the Lakers could end up having having to play two play-in games back-to-back. So, uh, I was not I was not very pro, pro the whole system. And to be honest, 
the Lakers and the odds at, at plus 400 is going to be my bet my nuts pit later on. Because if you tell me LeBron's healthy, AD's healthy, and I'm getting them at plus 425, I'm going to put a couple of dollars on that. So, all right. Well, we'll get to bet the nuts in just a second. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're an hour 15 in. We're going to wrap it up because uh, that's about as long as my phone will last with supporting everything that's going on. So uh, let me thank go for Lenny who upstaged Rob by just being there, let alone with content. Oh, and, and prepared. It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. And, and prepared, Rog. It was kind of strange, wasn't it? So we'll hear, yeah, and good looks and a championship in this decade. Uh, uh, so I think, even though it's a long term bet, that I did it today. I put 10, 20, I don't remember, 10 or 20 dollars on the Lakers plus 450 to win the NBA championship. I also put 20 dollars on the Washington Bullets at plus like 1100 to win the NBA championship. So those are my two bet your nuts picks. And no, I won't get an answer anytime soon, but I really, I mean, I got something that makes me interested in the NBA playoffs. That was my way of doing it. Lenny, since you are uh, the guest, then you can go next because it sounds like you're going to be more prepared than I was. I'm going actually uh, for a subject we haven't covered, and that's uh, NHL hockey. I'm going to oh. take – uh, the Predators at under five and a half uh, goals versus, um, you know, I can't, of course I blank on them as soon as it comes to me, um, <laughs> their opponent. But uh, uh, the Carolina, excuse me, the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Uh, I think the Panthers win, but I think it's under five and a half goals. Nice. Nice. We've got some hockey content. Well, I would yeah. like to get some more hockey content going at some point. Rog, what have you got tonight? Dude, I'm taking the Grizzlies minus four against the Spurs and John Morant's first ever playoff game. First ever, I mean, a while since it's been a playoff game. Memphis, you know, they, they lost the first game of the year to San Antonio, but they rolled them up a couple times. That's an older team, even though my Trojan boy, DeMar DeRozan's out there. You know, when Memphis plays together, led by Morant, I think I'll take them. Four all day. Well, is that game tonight? Tomorrow. Okay. So I don't want to have to roll all that long with the Lakers. I'll let it stand as one of my official bet my net picks. But I also I was going to go with the Grizzlies too, in a short term bonus. So we'll let both of them stand for me. And the Grizzlies cover. We'll call it this week. But at the end of the NBA playoffs, my 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 pick of the Lakers. Will either be a plus or minus. So it's a war of attrition, and I hate to say it. I'm one of the biggest Lakers fans on earth. I don't see them staying alive for this run. You know, and there's a lot more competition this year. It is. I, I'd be very surprised if they won it all. Very. Well, you know, that ten dollars could turn into forty like that, man. I know you're. I know you're a big game hunter. Yeah. All right, final thoughts. Let, let me go ahead and then I'll pass it on to Lenny. But final thoughts. Again, I need you to follow us on River City Media on Facebook, 
on YouTube, which is working again, and River City Media 3 on Twitter. We have an opportunity to do some stuff connected with football that's going to be coming up. And basically, everywhere we've walked into, we've been able to show the number of views, of, you know, how much we have going on. And we don't tell that just so we pat ourselves on the back. It's what you've made us ha- made us relevant and people noticing that. But the first question we always get is how many you got on social media? How many you got on Twitter? Well, we've got 12 on Twitter because we've only been going 60 days. So we might have 15,000 views, but anything you can do to help us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, we would greatly appreciate it. Lenny, final thoughts for the night. Uh, man, I'm happy to stand in uh, and, you know, take Robbie's spot. Um, obviously, I think I do a better job. Um, and, you know, whenever you need a better-looking, more-informed co-host, uh, just uh, holler at me, and I'll, I'll gladly take a, take a spot. Well, I think uh, one of the things that that's under review and work right now is a permanent spot for Lenny and Chain. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think that's going to happen – Probably with uh, the coming of football season, something we need to get a group text going about. But I'll tell you something, man, and this is from the heart. You and Chain are a show yourself, man. And somehow we've just got to we've just got to get it on the air on a consistent basis. But I thank you for joining us, and you're always great. Uh, and Allison was happy that you said it because she had plans for Robbie, and I don't know what that is. I didn't mm. ask. She's oh, gonna no. love watching him pass out after yeah. taking too much on their anniversary. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, Raj, before you get to the bottom of the wine, Armar said, What do you got? Um you know, I want to explain, I'm not just a homer. Uh one of my best friends from college, uh, he ended up being a physician, which helped, and he married Benny Darius's sister, who's a lovely lady. Uh, who was a nurse, but that's how I met Benny years ago. I was just struck by how nice of a guy he is, man. Non-drinker, just completely dedicated to others. Um, And the reason why I bring this up is one of his charities is called Promise Child, and he took his $50,000 bonus for when he destroyed Scott Holtzman with that elbow and used it to help build an orphanage in Haiti. Um, and then, you know, I don't want to use last names for HIPAA reasons. Uh, this is my homeboy, Knight Lawson. Uh, we, we sponsor this child through Promise Child. I'm not overwhelmingly religious, uh, but I'm always down for good people and a good cause. And um, this is a guy that represents that. So he's never going to sell whiskey for a billion bucks, but, you know, he may help change the fate of a child in a different country. And uh, I think that's a mic drop right there. What what give us the link where we could look that up. Is it do you know it? I do. But I don't wanna be uh, accused of promoting a it's called Promise Child. Okay. Start with there. Well, I'm just looking at my paperwork. I will uh I'll get it I'll get it I'll get it posted on the River City Media site. And yeah, man. You know, yeah. all that everything that we do here, you know, I tell everybody I do this. I, I've got uh, I've got high school football starting in August. I'm never going to get retired doing high school football, but just to get something 
if one of those kids get a little attention and get to go to college because we put a video package together, you know, anything you do in life comes back in spades like that, man. So, of course, good people exist. Now, not all of them are willing to send $50,000 to an orphanage because that's just incredible. So He took his full bonus and sent it there, man, and, and used it there. And we're hoping to do more with him down the road and, of course, maybe someday get him on the show or something. And we've got something, we've got something big coming for the start of football season. Lenny, you're in. That night, it's everybody. Everybody involved with River City Media is going to be in a big party and we're going to pack out a local drinking establishment and, and have some fun that night. So, all right, guys, I appreciate it, Lenny, and we'll see you again real soon. And, Rog, next Tuesday at 9, Lenny, I'm telling you, man, awesome job. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it, guys. It was good to see you, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yes, sir. All right, bye-bye.